I'm Christina. And I'm Megan. And, and this, this is, is the, the Aftermath, Aftermath of Sex. Yes, it is. <laughs> and here we are. Thank you so much. Uh, my little one. She's adorable. She's the sweetest little I thing. Know. She's very excited because we are leaving for Disney in a couple days. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're going to go spend um, Christmas in Disney World, and it's uh, going to be just really lovely. It's starting to get cold here. Like, it's supposed to be 25 below here yeah. in the next day or two. So we're going to just skip out on that and go to Florida. I'm jealous. I know. Take I, me with you. I'm going to say that you should be jealous. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I know. I would be jealous if I wasn't going. Anyway, we're super looking forward to that. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. And I am um, super excited because I'm going nowhere. No, but you know what's happening to me? What? It's my family is all in Hawaii. I know. No, you say that so disappointedly. I and know because I, I was just talking about getting out of here, 25 below. <laughs> like, who wants to be here? Let's go to, you know, warm, hot weather. I am looking forward to my dog on my lap oh, yeah. and reading a book without any interruption, which yeah. doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So I'm just trying to be positive yeah. and say, okay, it's going to be fine. <laughs> it is. It'll be fine. You'll be glad when yeah. we come back, but it will be nice to not have to worry about, like, what's for dinner tonight because you can just eat whatever you want. Yes. You yeah. can just eat junk food the whole well, time. I could. Yeah. Probably not wise, but yeah. But you could if you wanted to. Totally. Like yeah. Me. Sometimes I like to do that. So um, I just want to say thank you to everyone. Yes. Yeah. Man. We, I know. Seriously. We are kind of feeling a little overwhelmed with um, just the positive response we've gotten. Yes. And the stories people are sending in. Mm -hmm. And we're just like super excited that you guys are into us. Yeah. This podcast. Because we love doing it. Yeah. It's and so much fun. We are having so much fun. Yeah. And so I just hope that this continues yeah. and um, let us know how we're doing yeah. by liking, reviewing, giving feedback. Um, yeah. Let us know what you want to hear about. Yeah. Share your stories. Yeah. Share if you, your stories. Yeah. If you have a story to share it, you know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, it wasn't very interesting or it wasn't funny, but it doesn't have to be because it's special. Yeah. Um, so, or funny. Or depending funny. Depending on what I it mean, is. They're horrific, funny, entertaining, yeah. not, yeah. Yeah. I think every story, though, is relatable to somebody who is yes. listening. Yeah. So share your story. Yeah. Um, you can go to www.theaos411.com and you can find all of the links to share your story there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Today we are going to talk to you all about preventing offspring. Yes. With measures of birth control. Birth control. There's so many. And this is a Christina education topic um, for which we will have two parts because there's so much birth control. There are a million types of birth control. Le legitimately a million types. So did you know that if you are not on birth control and you are actively having sex, after one year goes by, 85 
out of a hundred women will be pregnant. That is incredible. That I wonder the world is so populated. It is crazy to think about that. 85 out of a hundred. And there are a million birth control options. There are so many ways to prevent offspring. Yep. <laughs> totally. I just, and sometimes we really want babies. Yeah. But sometimes we really don't want the babies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we want puppies and maybe we don't want puppies. But the puppy that's on the floor today is chewing the rug. Her name is Prim. And this is Megan's new puppy. Prim, stop being bad. <laughs> She's, we're, um, Lil Prim has found the tag and we're going to try to keep going. Let's do it. And we'll just see what happens. Okay. Actually, we are family and puppy friendly here. We are. Uh, yeah. So. Good to just put that out there for all the listeners. Yeah. So let me just talk to you a little bit about abstinence. Oh. Okay. So abstinence itself, I've always thought of as being um, like not having sex at all. Right. That's what, isn't that like the definition? No? Right. But some people consider abstinence the absence of vaginal penetration. Ah. And also other people consider it the absence of any type of penetration, but everything else goes. So. Wow. There's different levels of abstinence. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So some will still consider that oral um, or anal penetration is abstinence because it will prevent pregnancy. Okay. While others say that abstinence is a complete absence of any type of penetration, period. Okay. Okay. But then that led me to learning a little bit about what's called outer course. Ah. Have you ever heard of outer course? I never until you mentioned it the other day. I mean, of course, it's like, sure, we're all experiencing outer course at some point in our life, but we I've never really titled it outer course yeah, before. Right. But there's this whole movement. It's like an actual name. It's an actual name. And there's variation of that definition as well. So outer course can be preventing pregnancy, which would be any avoidance of vaginal penetration. Um, but everything else goes. Masturbation, sex toys, anal penetration, oral penetration. Everything goes except for vaginal. Okay. And then there's outer course that's preventing pregnancy and STDs. So ah. there's no oral, anal, or vaginal penetration. Okay. So if you're using outer course or abstinence to prevent STDs or to prevent... Uh, pregnancy. You just want to make sure you, that you're keeping all these things in mind. So say you have a little bit of foreplay and there's semen on fingers, but then fe f those said fingers then go and stimulate a vagina. There is a risk of pregnancy. Right. So anyway, if we're going to be using that, we have to just understand exactly what we're using it for. Some people choose to use abstinence or outer course during their fertile times if they're trying to avoid pregnancy. So it can be used in, in conjunction with something else like natural family planning. And we'll talk about it. Okay. Sound good? So um, breastfeeding. 
There's a misconception about breastfeeding and being very effective birth control. It is an effective birth control for a little bit of time. So um, there's a few rules. So you have to have a baby that's under six months. Okay. Okay? So the importance of under six months is generally because babies are solely breastfeeding or solely eating milk. Okay. So they're not using any other source of of food or nutrition. And you also have to exclusively breastfeed. So there can't be any formula. There can't be any food. um, You also have to feed at night and during the day. So if you're ever going a long period of time without breastfeeding, you're not um, covering yourself in terms of birth control. So ideally, if you are breastfeeding, you should with for contraception, you should breastfeed every four hours. Oh wow! Yeah. So if you're breastfeeding every four hours, great. If you're not, you're you have the opportunity to ovulate, and it's so you're all about your... your baby up in the middle of the night to prevent pregnancy. Yes. Okay. Well, most newborns are waking every two to three hours. Well, but Would... I mean, what about a four or five month old? Maybe right. Exactly. So as they get older, yeah. and they're you know your effectiveness of breastfeeding is, it goes down. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the other rule is that you still have to have absence of menses. Mm. So if you have any bleeding at all, um, then you need to not use breastfeeding as birth control. Okay. Okay. So then there's the pull out and pray method, y'all. Pull out out and pray. pray. So that's, that's what's up. Do it. Right. I mean, well, I mean, well, you're, yeah, yeah, I guess you pray hard. It's seventy-eight percent effective. Really, I have no yeah. idea. Seventy-eight percent. Yes. Effective? Yeah. So this is technically called the withdrawal method. Sure. So um, I add the pull out and then I add the pray because yeah. I feel like <laughs> well, it's only seventy-eight <laughs> percent. Right. So you have to have extreme self-control mm-hmm. and be able to pull out at the right moment. But then the other reason that it's only 78% effective is because there's pre-ejaculation, which happens to most men. So um, one of the benefits of the withdrawal method is that it is free. So, which is great. Until you get the baby. (laughs) That is true. Okay, so then the next method would be um, the family awareness method, or some would call it the natural family planning. Um, And this is where you track your monthly cycle, and it will tell you when you're most likely to ovulate. This is a prediction method, which requires you to be very intentional about tracking. So you can't willy-nilly put a number into your app on your phone and have it give you an exact um, time of ovulation. Although they do have some apps that are helpful. Um, But it's really, really best if you can, you can average this over a long period of time so you can really see your patterns. So there's two types of natural family planning. There is the traditional calendar rhythm. And so you're going to measure your cycles for six to 12 months. 12 months, you're going to be more accurate. A lot of people don't have 12 months to wait for a birth control method. They're just kind of, whoop, hopefully this is going to work. Yeah, that was my question. Like, how do people actually 
do this without okay. getting pregnant while they're trying to figure all that out. Well, so there's barrier methods and all sorts okay. of things, right? Because you can always use something else well, while waning. If this is like your goal. Right. Okay. Yes. So what you need to do to achieve like knowledge in the traditional method would be to watch and keep track for how long your cycles are for six to 12 months. And then you subtract, you take your shortest cycle. Okay. okay. And then you subtract 18 from the total number of days. And that's your first fertile day. Oh. So say your cycle day is 26. Okay. You would subtract 18 from that. Okay. And then it's eight. So your first fertile day is day eight of your oh, cycle. Knowing that cycle days are number one of your period. So cycle day one is the first day of your bleeding. Okay. Okay. Um, so then you have to do the longest cycle. Okay. You take your longest cycle and you subtract 11 from the total number. Okay. Of days of your longest cycle. So if your longest cycle is 32 days, you subtract 11 and then that gives you 21. And that is the last day of your fertile cycle. So essentially you're fertile for quite some time. You're fertile from day eight to day 21 in that particular example. Okay. So say your, you know, shortest day is 30 days, your longest day is 32 days, then your window is a lot different. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's just giving you an example of how to calculate that mm -hmm. and to give you kind of a guesstimation of when you're going to you're be most likely to be fertile. Is this um, an effective way for people who have like really irregular periods or like maybe they have 60 days? Sometimes? So, right. Exactly. So the reason that you're going to do it over the shortest period, the shortest cycle you have and the longest cycle is because people are irregular, but you might notice if you have a 60 day cycle that your fertile window is 17 days and that might not be a reasonable birth control method for you. Sure. Um, so people will use a barrier method. They'll practice abstinence or outer course, mm -hmm. if you will, during their fertile cycle or, um, if they're wanting pregnancy, they're going to really hone in on those fertile days and have intercourse every day. Um, so there's another way of um, keeping track, and that's the standard method, which just kind of goes on a standardly. We are ovulating <clears throat> on certain days based on a 28-day cycle. So um, count the days in your cycle menses day number one being the first day of your cycle. And then on days one through seven, you're not consider, considered to be fertile. It's unlikely that you're fertile on days one through seven, but it's likely that you're bleeding. Right. <laughs> let's, just, let's just keep that in mind. On days eight through 19, you're likely to be fertile. Okay. okay. And then on days 20 to the end of your cycle, you're no longer fertile. Okay. So, this method is about 77 to 98% effective. Oh, that's what I was going to add. Okay, so that's yeah. actually... So it's not bad not if bad. you can really, really hone in on right. your cycles yeah. um, and and really be paying attention. Right. And then if you... Do people use the... Yeah, so that... Right, so if you... The, Sorry, the, I mean... <laughs> she's, if you can see Megan, she's touching her finger and her thumb together and stretching it. And if you listen to a previous episode um, on all about the changes that you go through in your mucus, when you're ovulating, your mucus will be 
like eight to 10 centimeters if you stretch it out, the spin markite, if you will. Spin yeah. Um, so the nice thing about this is that it's free. So you don't have to pay for it. You just have to be pretty cognizant and mm -hmm. self-aware. Um, a lot of people will do natural family planning plus basal body temperatures. Oh, okay. So basal body temperatures are where you have um, a prediction of your ovulation based on your core body temperature, which can be a little tricky to get. Mm. Um, your core body temperature is when you're at complete rest and you've been at rest for probably three to four hours. So when do you wake up in the morning? So ex first thing when you wake up, you can't do anything but take your temperature. You can take it vaginally, rectally, or orally. I would recommend orally. I think I, it's the easiest. Yeah, those three options. Like, those are your options. I, it never occurred to me to take a vaginal temperature like ever in life. Interesting. I know. I mean, it makes sense. It though. does. It does. But who's going to stick a thermometer? There? Well, I mean, well, maybe who am I to I judge? I would probably, you know, go with the oral route. But yeah, maybe that's somebody's thing. Yeah. So you, the trick is though, that you can't switch it up. So right. you can't, you have to always do it orally or, or always do it rectally or, or, or fashionally. Um, so then what you're going to do is you're going to graph your temperature and it has to be a temperature. Did I already say take your temperature? Yes. yes. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> so it has to be that you're taking your temperature. She's fine. Um, every, day at the same time essentially the after you've route. in the, at the same route after you've um oh, woken gosh. up in the morning <laughs> yes okay. after you've woken up in the morning Very good. but you have to make sure you're sleeping for four hours it's really important that's what i'm trying to say okay it's a little confusing in my brain too sometimes when i'm speaking about it because it's very specific right but also very um, very minute changes. So you have to have a thermometer that has a decimal point reading okay. because your cord body temperature will rise less than half of a point when you ovulate. How I, I'm questioning. So her eyebrows are raising <laughs> <laughs> for those of you. Half can't see. Of, wait, half. Yeah. So like you point five or or less. or less. So you're okay. going to notice that your core body temperature rises at about 0.3 to 0.5 when you ovulate. Right. And you have to sometimes watch for several cycles to, to catch the spike. Right. But there are some really cool tools now. They have these um, thermometers that have a little docking station. You dock it and they it uploads your information really? every day to an app. Yes. It's wow. Pretty inexpensive too. It's like fifty dollars. You can get real in depth, but sure. fifty dollars for something—I mean, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. So and then it tells you, them. it tells you all your things for you. So then, um, the the trick with this though is that it could be inaccurate if you're breastfeeding, if you've drank alcohol, if you have a fever from illness, mm -hmm. if you've overslept. Oh. Over wait, what constitutes oversleeping? I didn't look into it, Megan. Okay, I was just curious. But yeah, but like maybe sleeping too long or outside so, of your norm. Right, outside of your normal. Okay. Or I was also thinking when I read it, like, oh, she's slept for 13 hours, which right. is really unusual for a person to be right. sleeping that long. And so your core temperature might you know dysregulate because of that. Sure. Um stress. Ah. So high stress times won't allow you to get really into a 
like a, a resting state, which gives you a true accurate core temperature is the, right. the thing. Um, medications or like oh. traveling to a different time zone. Okay. So these are all tricks, right? Yeah. Um, this one seems a little trickier. It is a little bit tricky, yeah. but when you use it with the natural family planning method, right. it's more accurate okay. no, because now you can see the, um, the spike in your ovulation. And even though it's point two or point three or point four, you're still going to notice it every month. And when right. you can see it on a graph and you've done it for six to 12 months, right. you're going to really identify where your ovulation is. Right. And you're likely to, you're likely to ovulate two days prior to your fertile window, okay. the three days after your okay. fertile window or your ovulation essentially. Okay. So that five day window is like the, right. the window that you want to okay. avoid. Okay. Um, so do you have a um, percentage effective, this for this? So, I'm just curious. So the basal body temp is part of the natural family planning. Okay. So I would imagine if you're keeping track of your natural family planning, it's going to make that 77% ah, go up to the 98%. Sure. So the more you're self-aware, the right. more information you have to, the more data you have, the more effective it is. Okay. I have lots of mamas that use this method yeah, okay. and they're very successful for years. Yeah. Cool. And, but you have to be okay with a whoops because we're not perfect. We're not machines. Exactly. And so you have to just know that this isn't a fantastic and foolproof. Right. There um, are other ways that can give you a little more security. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Really nothing's perfect. Right. Yeah. So there's a cervical cap. Have you heard of a cervical cap? I don't think so. So it's actually a prescription and yeah. I never really get a request <laughs> for this. How long has this been out? It's been out for a long time. Really? Yeah. It's called a fem cap in the United States. Really? And it looks like a little sailor's cap. Okay. And so you have to use it with a spermicide. Okay. And so it's um it's it's a little container okay. that you um use that covers the cervical opening okay, okay. and a lot of people are like well what's the difference between that and a diaphragm that which is going to be my question yeah, yeah so i'll talk to you about a diaphragm in a minute but okay. let me just briefly tell you the differences okay. one a diaphragm looks like a dish so it's a little bit bigger and you have to tuck it behind your pubic bone okay um and this one looks like a little tiny sailor's hat so you have to be <clears> able to you have to find your cervix to be able to put You it have over. to be able to find your cervix or at least be able to feel that it's covering your cervix. And there's three different okay. sizes of this. So that's why you have to go in and get a prescription. Okay. So your provider will be able to tell you which size you need. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so you can have a cervical cap in for longer than a diaphragm. You can leave it in for like two days. Okay. Um, both are used with spermicide. So, um, that's the similarity. And then diaphragms are slightly more effective in preventing pregnancy. Okay. okay. So going back to the cervical cap, it's 71 to 86% effective. Oh, I don't like that. Actually. <laughs> but, I mean, that's not like yeah. good enough for me. If you've previously given birth, um, it's 71% effective. Yeah. So that's why people aren't using this. But if you've never given birth, it's 86% effective. Why? Well, I think is it's it, because your cervix it changes. Okay, that's true. It's bigger. It's floppier. Right. And it's it's more open. Yeah. Yeah. So to place this, 
it takes practice. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think I could reach my, I don't think I could find my cervix right now. Like, honestly. Well, I think. You think I could if I tried? You could if you tried. And especially, well, you've. I don't know when I was looking for that tampon. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, once you get past your vaginal vault. (laughs) You were much younger then too. But once you get past your vaginal vault or vaginal canal, like the vault is, it's kind of a scary place. You're like, it is, it's vast in there, but it's really not. It's just a a little space. And so if you take a moment and you really feel around, you're going to be able to find your structures. Now, sometimes your, your own personal habitus will prevent you Mm -hmm. from reaching said structure. But there are a lot of people that know exactly which way their cervix tilts on a on a Monday, you know. So, so you know, you just have to be a little bit more comfortable with touching yourself. Yeah. Um, so when you're putting this in, you take a fourth of a teaspoon of spermicide. Now, I'm not measuring this. If I'm okay, if I'm, I'm using this, like I'm not going to be measuring. But you put it in the cup and on the flat part. There's a so if you're imagining a sailor's cap, yeah. you put it on the flat spot, and then you took take half a teaspoon and you put it in the groove of the cap. Okay, that's okay, okay, like a sailor's cap, like a sailor's hat. So there's okay. the flat part on the top, and then there's the groove around okay. it. So then you put another half teaspoon of spermicide okay. in that ridge, and then you get in a comfortable position. You could be sitting on the toilet. You could put one foot up on something and then you spread your labia and you squeeze this little hat in, you shove it into the vagina, shove it. That's a terrible word to explain this. You just place it into the vagina. You push it up as far as you can. And then it'll, um, because you've squeezed it, you've, you've allowed it to go through the canal, but then when it gets into the vault, it will open and then go over the cervix. Okay. So it kind of actually sounds kind of like a little diva cut type thing. Yes. For periods. Your periods. Yes. Yeah. So um, there's a strap on it. So you just have to make sure that the strap is facing down. So that's going to be facing towards your rectum when you're putting it in. Okay. So that when you go to take it out, you'll find that fabric and it pulls like it's a little string to pull. Okay. You can hook your finger and it'll easily come out that way. Yeah. Okay. So if you need a visual, if my words aren't enough, the like Planned Parenthood, you can go online and say, what does a cervical cap look like? And it's really easy to find. Um, So you have to leave it in at least six hours after having intercourse. You can um, leave it in for no longer than two days or 48 hours should come out. What happens if you do leave it in? Well, you can have higher risk for PID or pelvic inflammatory disease or toxic shock syndrome. Oh, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, take it out. Don't leave it in there. And then if you have a, if you have sex more than once while using the cervical cap, that's fine. But you have to take it out and reapply the spermicide oh. because it it's main effectiveness is that it's covering the cervix, but also that it has the spermicide in it. Okay. Um, Sounds like a lot of work for lazy people like me. (laughs) It is a lot of work for lazy people. Um, So you want to just make sure that you're keeping it um, washed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Let it air dry and then keep it in a temperature safe environment. So don't put it in the sun. Okay. (laughs) Okay. okay. Um, so you should avoid using it during menses because it can increase your risk for toxic shock and infection. Mm-hmm. 
So oh, interesting. it's the, it's a bum deal, but generally speaking, when you're thinking about fer fertility and your fertile cycle, um, you're not likely to be ovulating during menses. Okay. This also doesn't protect you from, uh, STDs. Yeah. Um, toxic shock syndrome. Let me just preface that it's very rare to get that. Okay, but it's good to know that if you leave it in too long, just like anything, any right. foreign body in your body right. for too long is right. going to cause infection or increase your risk for infection. Um, so you do have to go in, you have to be fitted. So a small, there's three sizes, small, medium, and large, just like anything in life. A small would be for people who have never been pregnant before. Um, a medium would be for people who have had an abortion or they've had a miscarriage or a cesarean birth. Um, a large would be those with a history of a vaginal birth. So it doesn't depend on your personal, personal. body weight, right. but more so what your cervix has seen in life. Okay. okay? Um, you don't need a prescription for spermicide. So, okay. I was going to ask that. Yeah. You have to have a special spermicide. Right. No, you don't. So I'm going to go into spermicide, which is a crazy world of its own that I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So this is a cream or gel or some sort of substance that's applied topically or locally to a device or just in your vagina um, to prevent exposure of sperm to the egg. So you would use this every time you have intercourse. Okay. It's 79 to 86% effective. Oh, still. I just feel like these aren't super reliable. So that could be, but there are a lot of people that don't have access to health care and yeah, these are the cheapest options. Actually, right. And so um, sometimes when our insurance won't cover mm -hmm. the devices that are more effective or, you know, we don't have a prescribing provider in our community, that these are things that you can get without needing that. Yeah. Um, so there is a contraception gel that works like a spermicide, which mm -hmm. I didn't know. Um, it's called Fexi, P-H-E-X-X-I, Fexi. Oh, okay. And it is a prescription that you have to get, but it's used in a similar way. So you put it in the vagina and it's 86 to 93% effective. Oh, yeah. So um, you put it in prior to intercourse and then... Does it have like an applicator? It does. Okay. Just like a monostat. Okay. So you would put it in, you would insert it and it just kind of kind of goes around the vagina and yeah. it it works as like a birth control method not a spermicide okay but i kind of put it in this spot because it works it's applied similarly okay. to a spermicide um there are for spermicides there's so many things there's a cream there's a gel there's a film there's a foam there's suppositories i mean the list goes on um so most of what that's doing is it's most of them have a main ingredient of nonoxinal 9, which is technically a chemical that makes the sperm stop moving. So it's an, oh, in, yeah, an immobilizer of, for the sperm. Yeah. And then they just die. They can't. Well, yes. Yeah, so they can't. Well, I don't know that they die, but they're like frozen, not frozen. They're immobile. Sure. So they can't swim up the yeah. cervix through the fallopian tube to the egg. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So um, all of these are sold over the counter. So you don't need a prescription um, and you can get them online. You can, you know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's Chocolate. easy to get them. Um, then mm. there is a birth control sponge. 
Ah, I've heard of the sponge. I just feel like a sponge reminds me of a dirty dish rag. <laughs> and we don't put dirty dish rags in our We don't, but these are clean sponges. They are, <laughs> these have been around for a while. They I have think. been around for a long time. Yeah, I just remember hearing about these. Things. I would like to go into the history of birth control, but... For a different time. For a different time. I think it would be really fascinating to kind of see how yeah. we've evolved over time. Yeah, um, but different episode because this is a lot. It is. Um, so the sponge is a soft, round sponge that has like. How a, big is it? You're making a large. Circle. It's not. It's like this. It's like okay. a um, like a fifty cent piece. Okay. Or maybe a little bit bigger than that, and it's got a, a little um, depression in it. Okay. And. Um, it's made with a soft plastic. Okay. So, right. Cause you think really it's, like a it's a sponge on the outside and it's soft and spongy, Okay. but it's got a little plastic in it to first some firmness and it's got a little okay. fabric strap on the bottom to hook your finger in for mm -hmm. removal. And what you have to do is you have to get it wet and squeeze it mm -hmm. until it starts sudsing. Okay. And as soon as you've done that, you've now activated the sperm side that's okay, so in the sponge embedded. yes okay. which is nice that's, that's convenient right it's like skips a step skips a step yeah you don't have to worry about the quarter and the cap right. and the, the half and the in you the fold with you. Yeah. <laughs> right and so um you can't you have to ensure that you don't squeeze it so all of it's gone right but you just do it until you activate it and then it should be wet when you place it into the the vagina. Okay. okay. So this so you one. You don't have to find the cervix for this. You can just. Well, it should be near your cervix okay. is the thing. All of these need to be relatively close to the cervix. Okay. okay? So um, you wait until it's sudsy and then you, I, I feel like you should fold it in half like a taco. Okay. <laughs> what color is this? It's, um, it's actually a brown. Okay. Okay. Like a real taco. Yeah. Okay. So you fold it in half like a taco. You put it so that that fabric piece is towards the rectum. Otherwise the string will be on the top and you won't be able to reach it. Okay. So for pulling it down. Right. right? Yeah. And so, and then you place it, you push it into the vagina and you push it up as far as you can. And then it should be, it should open out of that okay. taco form into the, the round sponge shape mm -hmm. near your cervix. Okay. okay. Um, you want to check to make sure that it's covering the cervix. Okay. So you got to feel around really in there. You can't just that. throw it in there and say, hey, okay, have go. a good day. Yeah. Um, so this starts working as soon as you activate that spermicide. Okay. okay. It can be inserted 24 hours prior to oh, intercourse, which is like, pretty... I might feel yeah. like in the mood, right. but maybe not. And so I'll just put this for just in case, and it doesn't interrupt the mood in the moment. Right. Um, and you can have intercourse as many times as you want without reapplying oh, spermicide, which is okay. nice. And so um, this one, too, has to be left in the vagina at least six hours after your okay. final intercourse. Okay. Um, and what's the total time? So oh. you can put it in 24, 24 hours, hours in a, ahead, okay. but it has to be taken out at 30 hours. So okay. it shouldn't be left in any longer than 30 hours. Okay. Okay. Um, and then you can get this sponge in the, in the Americas. Where am I from? <laughs> I'm in Alaska. <laughs> we are part of the United States for yes, anyone who doesn't know. And we also don't live in the middle of the ocean. That is true. Yeah. We're not We're like on a map. Floating Alaska around. Alaska is always just a little box on the bottom. On the bottom. I don't understand. It looks like it's 
by itself. An island, it, we're it's not, not an island. Not. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> the sponge in the Americas yeah. is um, the today sponge. Today. That's what it's called. It's called the Today Sponge. Yes. That's the brand. That's the brand. It's called the Today Sponge. I don't know why I want to stutter when I say that. But you want to say the Today Today. Um, and you don't need a prescription. It costs about fifteen dollars. Zero to fifteen dollars. Yeah, it's over the counter. And so your insurance might cover it. You might be able to go into Planned Parenthood and based on your wage, get it for free because they do sliding scale. Um, it is 78 to 86% effective. So the mm-hmm. the more you know where your cervix is, the better your placement's going to be, right. the more effective this is going to be for you. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I should investigate more about where my cervix lives. I think you should. Because I just don't know. I personally don't care. I don't either. That's <laughs> I guess I never have been talking all about this. You're like, you yeah, I'm like, I really don't care. But if I were to use this, then yeah. Definitely. And some people really want to know where their cervix is too, because when they're having intercourse in a certain position, mm-hmm. something hurts. Yeah. Well, it's generally because your cervix yeah. is getting hit. Yeah. And so if you can figure out which position it is, right. then you can find other positions that are more helpful during sex. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So a diaphragm. So we talked a little bit about it, but this is a cup shape. It's kind of bigger, right? It so it's a cup shaped, shallow saucer. Mm-hmm. It's a soft plastic. Soft. But soft. when you, when you, to say coffee saucer, you think, oh man, that's hard, it's plastic, and it's going to yeah. be painful, yeah. but it's soft. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's made of silicone. It's not made of plastic. So important to know that. Um, and it has to be used with the sperm side gel or cream. Okay. So <laughs> it's just a place a tablespoon or a large scoop, so you're, whoop, plop, you're just right on your cap. And then you want to thin it out. Okay, so it covers the whole thing. Yep. And then you bend the sides in half like a taco again, and you're going to put this in, but you have to tuck it behind the pubic bone. Mm-hmm. So it's larger. So it's less room for error in finding right, your cervix. Exactly, in case you're right? not really good at that. Yeah. And, um, and then you kind of tuck it behind your pubic bone. Once these are in the vaginal vault, you shouldn't feel them anymore, and they shouldn't cause you pain. Anything that's going by your cervix, as long as it's not in the vault anymore, you're not going to feel it, or you mm-hmm. shouldn't mm-hmm. generally feel it. Um, so then um, you have you can place this two hours prior to intercourse. Okay. So you have to so kind of know. Smaller. Yep, you have to know. And then after you insert it, you have to reinsert more spermicide prior to intercourse. And then every time you have sex. Okay. You have to leave it in place for six hours. That six hours is pretty traditional across all of these. Okay. So some study must have been done. Okay. So after, so that, right. Okay. That right. Makes sense. That all makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then you can leave it in no longer than 24 hours, this diaphragm. Okay. Um, and then this also has a little thing that you would grab and pull down. Okay. So you place it with the spermicide and then you have to re-put the spermicide. Re-put, put more spermicide. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think that's but why it's... it can be done at the same time two hours before. Right. It doesn't have to be done like right before. Right. You have sex. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, you need a prescription because you have to, it has to be sized. Okay. Okay. And um, you have to check the fit each year because your body might change. But the diaphragms generally are good for two years. 
Okay. They they cost from zero to $75, depending on your insurance. It's not terrible. Um, and they're about 87% effective. Okay. So not lovely, but not terrible. Yeah. Okay. So then we're going to go into the male condom, ah, which is the classic, the classic. condom, right? Yeah. So you put this on the penis prior to vaginal penetration. Some people do it prior to oral penetration, also anal penetration, if you're wanting to prevent from STDs. But um, it is 79% effective. They're only 79% effective? Because it factors in for user error. Ah, okay. okay. So that they are sense. a lot more, they're a lot more successful and a lot more protective if you're using them properly every time. Okay. But how this website, um, Planned Parenthood, speaks about it is that your user error decreases the effectiveness right. of condoms as a birth control because we're humans and we don't use them every time and sometimes they break and sometimes we're not putting them on properly etc but they're usually zero to three dollars right for a condom did i say something funny no oh you look you i'm just, just thinking just yeah. about so my son tells me that they're 93 percent effective which is true when you use them correctly using them. every time okay yeah okay okay um, then there's a female condom. Yeah. Which to me is very cumbersome, but to some people they use it and it's very effective. So there's a thicker ring, um, that you would squeeze together, place into the vagina and push it past the vaginal oh. vault. And that inner ring then opens and helps it stay in place. Okay. Then there's an outer thinner ring that stays on the outside of the vagina. So that there's this, this, the, this tunnel. This tunnel. Okay. Right. And so it's important that you make sure that the penis doesn't go between the right. condom. It, in the it has to go in the tunnel, the sheath, if you right. will. Okay. Yep. And there should be only one condom. So no male condom with a female condom otherwise right. they tear and rip right. each other mm -hmm. and you should use your you should use it with um uh lubrication okay so there's glide mm -hmm. there's no friction is it um i feel like i saw one of these one time maybe in class school yeah or something um is it but the texture of it like is it like rubber, like rubber latex, like a male condom, or I feel like it was more, I could be just totally making this up. What is Well, that? it's, um, I'm not sure exactly what it's made of. I should I have looked. It was more like a saran type, but thicker, like same. I, I picture that it's like, I picture when I picture it is like a dental dam at the dentist, <laughs> but it's not that thick, but it's stretchy like that. I don't know. Okay, interesting. I don't know what the material is. You'd, I would have to look it up. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a good question. Let's write it down. Okay. Side note. Side note. What is a female condom made from? Okay. Um, they're eighty-seven percent effective, and they're zero to two dollars. So okay. not terrible. And you just buy these in the store? Yeah, you can buy them. Yeah. I, I, I'm just gonna look for them. Yeah. I'm, quite curious and you should buy one i'm going to so that i, that I so then we can look at it because you know how condoms have like a like they had uh, like a male condom has um like a almost like a powdery 
slippery yes. feel to yeah, it. Kind of like the gloves. Yeah, like gloves. But I wonder if the female condom is like that. Because it wouldn't necessarily need it. It would just need some lubrication. So yeah. In yeah. Interesting. So then to remove a female condom, you have to twist the outside ring, oh. which then kind of pulls okay. the inside ring and then you just pull it out that way. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds satisfying. And it gives females control yes, for exactly. a nice STD right. barrier. Yeah. Um, and also if they can't be on anything else for whatever yeah. reason, it gives them some control if a man doesn't want to put um, a condom on their right. penis. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. So this is the end of episode, the first part. Already? Yes. Okay. Were you so fascinated? Yeah. You want to keep going? It was really fascinating. I just don't want it to be too long because yeah, it's a lot. A yeah. It's a lot to go over. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about... Um, rings, patches, IUDs, pills, um, injections. Most people are familiar yes, with. Yeah. Most people are familiar with. And I'll go into the nitty gritty with each of those on um, our part two of preventing offspring. Yes. Very good. Yay. Okay. All right, y'all. We need you, our wonderful and fabulous listeners. If you would like to submit your birth adventure, your vagina mishap story, or the what the fuzz just happened to me story, go to www.theaos411.com. You'll be able to select the type of story you'd like to submit right there. Remember, these stories can be anonymous. So if it's a great story, but you want don't want to share your name, that's all right. So you just let us know. Ask us any burning questions you might have. Also, hit us up on Instagram at the AOS411 or Facebook at the Aftermath of Sex. We also have Twitter at the Aftermath Sex, but we really don't know how to use that. So you can go ahead and hit us up there and maybe we'll figure it out eventually. But right now, it's pretty bleak. Don't forget to support us by hitting like and subscribe and share us with all your friends because likely they're just as cool as you. We hope you feel enlightened today. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. Bye together. Sorry. Forgot. Okay. Yeah, oh. that's great. Well, we weren't Hold recording. on. I haven't stopped. No. It's recording? Yes. Where's- oh, shit. I didn't realize that. We hope you feel enlightened today. Bye. Bye. How did that sound? It's so- oh.